invest, invest, invest in the API community. No more lip service. There are great API community organizations out there that don't have the resources but can do a lot with limited resources. Hello and welcome to this episode of Who Belongs, a podcast from the Haas Institute for a Fair and Inclusive Society at UC Berkeley. My name is Mark Abizade, one of the hosts of Who Belongs, and this episode will be the fourth installment of our Civic Engagement Narrative Change Project series. We're again going to have Josh Clark, a lead researcher from the Civic Engagement Narrative Change Project, guest host this episode, and he'll be introducing our guest today. So take it away, Josh. Thanks a lot, Mark. Uh, we're very excited to have our guest today. We'll be speaking with Louisa Blue, who's the Executive Vice President of the Service Employees International Union, the SEIU, and an expert on Asian and Pacific Islander American civic engagement nationally. Louisa is herself the highest ranking Asian Pacific Islander American leader in the labor movement today, and a key voice in making sure that APIA concerns and issues get their due on the labor agenda. So uh, welcome, Louisa. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you as always. All right, thank you so much. Looking forward to this. So Louisa, um, Asian and Pacific Islander Americans, well, first are a very diverse group in terms of language, uh, in terms of nationality and identities um, that that category holds. Um, but Asian and Pacific Islander Americans, as, as a category, are the fastest growing racial or ethnic group in the US today. And by most counts, they're also the fastest growing subgroup of potential voters. But if we think about programs for civic engagement and get out the vote, uh, efforts to expand the electorate and so forth, it seems that the attention that Asian and Pacific Islander Americans um, have received has lagged behind a bit, that it's not keeping up with this you know, fast pace of growth. Uh, would you say that that's a fair assessment? I would say that's a very fair assessment of um, the situation that the API community now face with the presidential election coming up in 2020. So that is a fair assessment. Uh, why do you think that that is? I think, um, number one, uh, no one really keeps track of the demographics of the API community um, is one thing I would say. And then number two, I think because we are such a diverse community, you know, there's 42 to 50 different languages. And then if you get down to um, dialects, right, even within the Chinese population, everybody thinks everybody talks, speaks Mandarin, and that's not true. I mean, there are different dialects uh, within the Chinese population, and likewise with the Filipino uh, population also, is that there's a lot of different dialects. So I think it's that. And then also, third, because the I would say the majority of the API community are still immigrants. Um, in this country, at one point, there was 70% uh, of the API in the U.S. were immigrants, I think that's another factor, right, that they're not citizens yet, or once they become citizens, because of the lack of language access, they don't get fully integrated into the political uh, landscape of the United States. 
Right. Yeah. So, and then um, I guess over the past almost three years now as I've been doing this work uh, for SEIU, um, there isn't enough investment uh, in the political world for the API community where we will hear uh, that the API community is the fastest growing, they could be the deciding factor in future elections, and yet we don't really see that much investment into those communities um, in terms of, you know, in-language uh, resources or even investing into the API media to make sure that, you know, the ethnic Asian ethnic media, both um, both TV and print, um, are pulled into that work, uh, and also be able to help us provide the information that's needed within uh, the different API community groups. Yeah, I, one of the explanations that I've read before um, is that um, Asian and Pacific Islander Americans, or um, you know, by and large speaking in general terms, are often concentrated in places where elections are less competitive, so um, uh, in, in larger cities perhaps and so forth, and that that maybe that, uh, or, or not in as many swing states, and that maybe that has something to do with it. Um, I wonder what you think about that. I mean, that that's a, a bothersome conclusion to draw because it sort of suggests that this is all about kind of partisan uh, calculation more than um, really trying to get everyone involved? Well, um, I think, you know, in general, folks who are involved in the political work or the civic engagement work, they see California and New York, where the greatest concentration of API uh, electorate is at, and, you know, just leaving Hawaii off to the side there because they get definitely have power in um, Hawaii. So I think, you know, okay, California, lots of APIs, same thing with New York, but the migration of API workers is broader than California and New York. Like I was surprised to see, um, say, a city like Philadelphia uh, back in 2016 where I was asked, to go to Philadelphia. And I just never thought of Philadelphia as a API voter stronghold, but it is. You know, there's over 30,000 APIs, Asian Pacific Islanders, in the city of Philadelphia alone. And I also learned that the state has an API state commission, um, which I found very surprising. But uh, you know, Minnesota, growing Hmong population, definitely in Chicago, uh, in Florida, especially in South Florida because of the healthcare industry, lots of Asian workers. And then recently in Georgia, right, where there's a growing um, community of APIs, uh, which I was really surprised to learn, right? But, um, you know, we were asked, you know, can we can we recruit people who speak the following Asian languages to help out uh, get the vote out, right? So, and then for SEIU, because we 
we represent the largest number of API unionized workers. Probably, you know, we don't have accurate data, which is another problem, but uh, we probably represent uh, over 150,000 API unionized workers, and it's because of the industries that we organize in and represent. So it's healthcare uh, and public uh, public sector, right? So anyway. Yeah. Yes. You, you mentioned a number of interesting things. I mean, for one, it's it's interesting to me that you, as someone who's worked in um, civic engagement uh, with Asian and Pacific Islanders for many years, um, are, that you are surprised uh, to learn of new places where there are large populations um, and new arrivals. And so this, it, it seems like there's a, an, an issue of um, how to make how, how communities can make themselves visible, right? And you also mentioned Correct. a lack of, of data, of good data. And, of course, data in many places, um, you know, many f- well, for many groups in the United States, but also in other countries have started to see uh, demographic data such as that that's collected um, in censuses as a key instrument for becoming visible and making sure that the group is seen as a group, recognized for its size, and uh, becomes kind of a, an undeniable force in a way through these numbers that, that make groups visible. So I wondered if we could talk a little bit actually about the upcoming 2020 census. Uh, the census is of course extremely important for a lot of reasons, uh, congressional apportionment, um, allocation of federal funds to states and counties and cities. And for many researchers like myself, but also for businesses and folks who are working on policy development, the census is kind of like a first stop for understanding the, you know, the relationship between people and places, really, in the United States. Yeah, the, some of the national uh, Asian Pacific Islander organizations that I've uh, met with over the past few months, they are concerned about the census because I Historically, APIs have been undercounted uh, in the census work, and I think it's because, you know, no one has reached out to those communities. And what we have learned, um, last year there is this new rule that the Trump administration wants to get uh, passed uh, that is targeting uh APIs, well not APIs in general, but targeting uh, people in this country who have green cards for their ability to access services. The main services that are accessed by immigrant communities with a green card is Medicaid, because right? somebody always needs Medicare, medical uh, care at some point that they're here, and they're totally, under the current situation, they're totally um, within their rights as taxpayers uh, in this country to access those services. And now the Trump administration wants to go after that, that uh, people with green cards should not have access to those services. It's called the public charge. And when that rule 
when the draft rule first came out and we were mobilizing the API community to um, respond, provide public comments to that, what we found was that people who, for instance, had a clinic appointment, they were so afraid that they were going to get deported for going to their uh, medical appointment that they stopped going to their medical appointments at the clinics. Um, and so we're just very, very concerned that as this public charge rule comes out, that more and more of our API community uh, will not want to count themselves in the census. So there's national groups um, that have come together uh, that want to address that. And we also see the census work as um, setting the stage for API civic engagement in 2020. And because of the diversity within our API community, we want to start that work now because we know that there will probably be more cuts to the Census Bureau's um, operating budget. Uh, this time, they want people to participate in the Census online. We're not clear if there's going to be uh, in-language um, online uh, census count work other than Spanish. Hopefully they'll have Spanish, but we're not confident that they will have um, API languages uh, for people to access online. And then in addition to that, um, we're also concerned about whether or not uh, members of the API community especially our low-wage workers, will even have access to a computer at home. So we're really concerned about that, and so we want to figure out what's our plan now to get the word out now, this year, uh, within the API community um, organizations and nonprofit organizations to make sure that they, become, they begin educating their constituents that use the services about the census. And then SEIU also is very interested um, in getting the word out about the census count um, within our membership as a whole, even though the census work is what I call not in our lane, you know, per se, uh, but we do want to partner up where we can with API community organizations to make sure that we get that word out, and then internally within SEIU that we also have our own educational process uh, to get that word out and make sure that all of our members participate in that count. Right. Well, like you mentioned, it can be kind of a bridge to other forms of civic engagement as well, and it's great that you're approaching it that way. Um, I, I think that you laid out two different layers that I wanted to go into. Uh, in a little more depth about the mm -hmm. census and Asian and Pacific Islander Americans' relationship to it in this um, this upcoming year in 2020. You mentioned, we talked first a little bit about there's the mistrust element, there's the, the fear um, element, and then there's the lack of information um, and, and 
those are actually two layers, as you know, uh, that the Civic Engagement Narrative Change Project investigated a bit in Nevada, a place that you know well, last year in our statewide survey of Nevada. So on that survey, we decided to include a number of questions that were about the upcoming 2020 census, what people knew about it, and how people felt about the Census Bureau and and federal statistical agencies. And the survey was somewhat unique in that sense, because not not a lot of surveys ask those types of questions, even in the lead up to census years. Uh, But it it was actually also unique because we oversampled to be sure we would have statistically reliable findings on different groups, including Asian and Pacific Islander Americans. And some of what we found was was interesting. The levels of mistrust among Asian and Pacific Islanders of the Census Bureau and federal statistical agencies was relatively high. The, the percentage that said that they didn't have confidence in the Census Bureau to keep their information confidential was about half. It was actually 55%. Interestingly, that's the same as the whole population of Nevada. So Asian Pacific Islander Americans were were typical of the state. I wonder uh, beyond the beyond the public charge issue, if you can say a bit more about anything you've been hearing, whether in Nevada or nationally, about uh, community level concerns or fears about the census. I suspect the debate about whether there'll be a question about immigration status or uh, I'm sorry, citizenship status rather. Is, is one of the things driving some concerns as well as the public charge. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I forgot to mention that, but that is definitely one of the main concerns people have, right, is uh, having that citizenship question um, because of the, you know, just the lack of resources and knowledge about the census. You know, they, people don't want to lose their green card, right? or um, people are very concerned about whether or not they're documented or undocumented, right? Um, you know, the underground um, workforce there. So there is a lot of concern about that. Like, now we're going to, you know, are we going to um, have to share our personal information to such a level that now they're going to know where we work? Um, are they going to show up at work? Uh, and threaten us with deportation. So there is a lot of that fear. And then also, you know, because historically the API community has been um, undercounted in previous census, it's just a lack of information that's out there, um, you know, to provide uh, community groups, but also the API community at large, right, to understand what the census is and how having an accurate count really impacts a lot, right? We can talk about the redistricting, but we can also talk about how it impacts funding for public schools, uh, funding for social services at the local level. Um, I mean, basically impacts our lives, right? And a lot of uh, API community folks do not know how important the census is because it does impact your everyday life. Um, so getting that information out there, I think, will be really important so that uh, they know that they have to participate. And then also 
what are the safeguards there um, to make them feel more comfortable, right? Because they all think they're going to get deported, that ICE is going to show up at their place of work or show up at a clinic or show up at a, you know, a community group where they get social services. That's the kind of fear that they have. And I'm sure it might be the same with other immigrant communities, but within the API community, it's, it's really it's really real. Um, and then just the lack of in-language um, materials uh, that are out there for the census work. Right. And then, you know, as they, my understanding on the census work is, you know, there's a period of time where they want people to do it online, and then after a certain period, then there's supposed to be house visits done. It's going to be really important that uh, people who are knocking at the doors, encouraging people to uh, participate in the census, look like them and can speak their language. And at this point, we don't know whether the Trump administration will invest in that kind of resources. Um, and we're hoping in certain states, especially where we have a sympathetic uh, legislature, that they will hopefully address those concerns and make sure that there's in-language materials and that people who are knocking at the doors will actually speak that language, um, which requires folks to kind of do micro-targeting to make sure they send in bilingual, bicultural folks in targeted areas where it's limited English speaking. Yeah, that's that's really important. That's very important. Um, you, you mentioned the some you know misperceptions and fear related to potential deportation. I think the survey that we did in Nevada, as you know, uh, uh, confirms that about about almost forty percent of Asian Pacific Islander Americans in Nevada in our survey believed that the census was a tool that's used to help determine who's in the country legally or not. That actually is uh, about the same rate as the state at large. So um, it's not as though uh, these communities are more misinformed or anything, but but these misperceptions are, are widely held and I'm sure engendering, as you said, a lot of fear. Uh, and you said that those fears are very real in Asian and Pacific Islander communities. You, you mentioned earlier that in the past there hasn't been enough outreach I wonder, besides uh, issues around having in-language folks from the Census Bureau going door-to-door, who you think are the best kinds of messengers for uh, reaching APIA communities and being able to convey the right information that they would need to be able to participate and and what that would look like? That's a good question. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Let me just start from the ground level, the grassroots level. Um, I think the community organizations that interact with the API community on a daily basis are absolutely key. Uh, The challenge there is whether or not they have the resources to also take on doing um, the census work within their constituency or the communities that they serve. 
right? So making sure that they have the resources that they need uh, to be able to carry out that work. Uh, the other thing is making sure um, that a national API organization has the ability to reach deep into the community to provide the educational materials. So the Asians Advancing Justice, um, they have played that role in the past, census uh, work and kind of being on point for the overall API community, but 2010 is very different from 2020, right? right? It's been 10 years. Um, so it's, you know, basically trying to get an analysis of, you know, which organizations are out there uh, that uh, Asians Advancing Justice can partner with. And then there is this umbrella organization. It's called NCAPA. Uh, it's a National Coalition of Asian Pacific Americans, I think is what it is, N-C-A-P-A. And it's headquartered in Washington, D.C., but it is um, kind of an umbrella group of different uh, API organizations um, and the role that they will play alongside with Asians Advancing Justice uh, in getting the word out and coordinating those activities. Uh, so that is what I think uh, needs to happen. And one of the things that at least we're doing here in California coming out of the public charge thing is we have One Nation, AAPI, and we plan on holding meetings uh, to get feedback from community groups and community leaders on the impact that uh, the public charge will have. Uh, within the API community and to be able to um, draft, you know, have a written report that then we can share with elected officials in Washington, D.C., uh, that they can use to inform them of the work that they need to do within the API community. Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier um, the fact that not everyone understands how important the census is in terms of how federal funds get allocated to their communities, the impact on schools and other public goods. It sounds like that's maybe the beginning of a, of a narrative, uh, possibly. Is that, do you think that, that a narrative for um, pushing back against some of the fears, uh, do, you think, do you think that's a, a way that in this context, this as you said, 2020 context is so different from 2010. Do you think that'll be a strong way to push back against some of these very real concerns? Yeah, yeah, no, I do I do think it will be. And, you know, as I've met with uh, some of these national API organizations, you know, it's kind of a joke, right? I'm like, look, I go, we support the census work. We want to get an accurate count. But SEIU is a labor organization and so census work has never been in our lane we just kind of we're like an echo chamber and we'll support right the work but it's we're nowhere near being the experts you know 
on the census work, right? So we will, you know, I've told them, I said, we are going to depend on you, Asian Americans Advancing Justice, and then COPPA to educate us as well in terms of what has been effective 10 years ago when you did the census work within the API community, right? Um, right. But I know that when there's investment made uh, into the API community that there are positive results that come out. Um, and I say that because of the political work that SEIU started doing within the API community in the 2016 election, um, and then also in the 2017 um, elections, um, that it did make a difference. In Nevada, uh, it's now a blue state. Who would have guessed that, right? And I think it's because we did invest uh, in the API community and then also paid particular attention to the Filipino community because they were the largest, largest chunk of the API electorate in Nevada. And I know it made a difference in Minnesota, uh, where we partnered with API organizations there, and now their state legislature elected enough Hmong representatives that there's now a Hmong legislative caucus. Wow. So I know. That's really impressive. Can invest, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does make a difference. For the public charge, public comment, when the draft rule first came out, there were over 200,000 public comments, and over 20,000 of those public comments came from the API community. And the, yeah, and that didn't happen just by itself. It was because there was organizing on the ground uh, between SEIU and these API organizations to educate their constituents and just get the public charge, public comments out there. Um, yeah. With guidance, right? Yeah. A lot of education on that. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is an example of how doing civic engagement work, not just on election cycles, these, these things can snowball. And I kind of, I wanted to circle back to something you said earlier about using the get out the count, so to speak, effort in 2020 for the census as a as a moment for building potentially towards more participation in the 2020 election. Do you how, how do you think that will transpire? How do you think that can be done the right way to make sure that that the census is building a sense of active civic involvement in communities that have been underrepresented? Yeah, I think, you know, again, I think it's this coalition work um, that needs to happen on a conscious level. And what I've noticed um, is, as an example, APIA vote. Uh, I've noticed in their email blast, they are now starting to talk about the census. It's coming here's what you need to know, right? And here is a web page uh, or a phone number if you have more questions about the census work, give us a call um, and we will provide you with the information or connect you with a API community group or another uh, community group in your area 
to teach you about the importance of the census work. So I'm beginning to see that. Um, and then I know Asians Advancing Justice is beginning to put information out there also on the census and have reached out uh, to their um, organizations um, in different parts of the country to begin talking about that. Um, and recently, Asians Advancing Justice had a conference uh, about a week and a half ago in Georgia. Um, and I know that they talked about the census there and then also linked it to the importance of civic engagement because uh, Stacey Abrams really tapped into the growing API community in Georgia when she was running for governor. And she also acknowledged uh, the importance of you know, her campaign working within the API community in Georgia um, to get the vote out. And so you know, it's, it's slowly coming around. Well, our time here is almost done, but I wanted to see if there was anything more, any last word you wanted to add before we wrap things up today. Invest, invest invest, is what I'm going to say, uh, you know, in the API community, you know, uh, they just have to continue to invest. No more lip service. Invest in the API community, because there are great API community organizations out there that um, don't have the resources, but can do a lot with limited resources in a way that most people don't understand that they can. That's my last word, invest. Get good data. Keep track of the data and invest. And that concludes this episode of Who Belongs, a podcast produced by the Haas Institute for a Fair and Inclusive Society. I'd like to thank our guest, Louisa Blue, who is the Executive Vice President of the Service Employees International Union, or the SEIU, and an expert on Asian Pacific Islander civic engagement issues. She's also the highest ranking leader of Asian Pacific Islander background in the labor movement in the United States. I'd also like to thank Josh Clark, a researcher with the Civic Engagement Narrative Change Project, for guest hosting this episode as part of the series we're running in collaboration with the Civic Engagement Narrative Change Project. For more episodes of Who Belongs, check us out online at hawesinstitute.berkeley.edu slash whobelongs. Thank you for listening. <laughs>